Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney, so what? It's the Twitter Odyssey. We're almost at the end, I think this might be the last one, Sam. I mean, I say that, I've said that before. But Britain's, think- for Britain's primary literary podcast. Well, that's what we've become, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, we've affected social change as well throughout the last 20 weeks or whatever we've done yeah. this for. Because, of course, the, the Dahl family of this week squirrelled away an apology somewhere on his website for the, all the anti-Semitism mm. that we've, uh, we've highlighted. Um, well, I, I think that there's a conspiracy against Top Flight Time Machine in mainstream society. Yeah. Do you I'm think I'm glad that? you've said that. Please elaborate. Been, uh, well, I just think that the impact we have... so like We, we see the sort of figures... like We, we know the amount of people who listen to this podcast, mm. the amount of people who are members of the I'm Filing Society, the amount of people who come and see us live or buy our merchandise. And it's quite a lot, right? It's a, it's a, it's a good number. Mm. But if you also look at the social impact we have, the way that, like, Lamparding, to take one example, has passed into the common lexicon, yes. right? And um, the way that we have forced the Dahl family I, to apologise. Didn't Patrice Evra use the verb Lamparding? The other yeah, yeah exactly, right? So he's a listener, yeah. right? And I think that because we... Well, a couple of things, I suppose. We're anti-establishment. We often rail against the monarchy, right? Yeah. We represent a rebel spirit, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, We're like the Johnny Depp of podcasting. Yeah, we believe in personal choice, right? Yeah. And um, we believe in increasing the amount of rest people do, which is not what the capitalist society the people the 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 puppeteers the geppettos of consumerism and and extreme capitalism want to hear they don't want to hear influential people telling the masses to have like little naps in the middle of the day right we can already forget about this being the last twitter episode but carry on yeah yeah right so they and so that is why despite that we know the amount of numbers we have but do you ever see us nominated for podcast awards do nope. you ever see us in the iTunes chart, right? No. Nope. Because that is for the mainstream, right? Mm. The people who will toe the line, right? The people mm. who will not advise you to have naps, right? Mm. They're for the pe- That's for the in crowd, right? The snobs, right? Yep. And they are the people who are going, oh, have you heard this podcast? And they'll get talked about. 
but we're the ones who are affecting real change. And that's why I think there's a conspiracy, because I think you can see the changes that are being made. That reflects on the fact that we are, I believe, Britain's number one, possibly number two podcast, right? I would totally agree with that, yeah, completely. And, and But we will. N- it will not be covered, because we've got the mainstream media, yeah. your Murdochs, your Guardians. Because Guardian, very sort of like, <clears throat> really, really into podcasts. Do you know what I mean? Some podcasts, more than others. Yeah, some podcasts don't run yeah. a porno. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they don't, they can't handle the shit that we say. Mm. Well, mm. There's, there's a great song which we have yet to release, and maybe we'll finally get it out in time for Christmas. That a very talented cantor produced for us oh, called "Living Out Loud." <laughs> oh, mate, we've got to get it out. You, the thing yeah. is, we never finished the video, but I say no, just didn't. stick the video out as it is for Christmas because, I mean, when we first heard this song, which was way back in earlier in the year, mm. I think we both agreed it was one of the best pop songs ever made. And that, yeah. it, and we didn't make it. I mean, it's inspired by us, but we yeah. didn't make it. So it's not us blowing our own trumpet, but it's a, it genuinely, it stands up as a genuinely great pop song. Yeah. Right? And I mean, it's up there with like the likes of Cuddly Toy by Roachford. Yeah, it's and in t- it's Tiger in, Feet by Mud. Yeah, it's in the elite level of pop yeah. singles, right? But the one of the opening lines you'll remember—it's a little uh, spoiler alert for you all here. But one of the early opening lines is Delaney and Dawson will show you how to to break free of society's shackles, right? And that line spoke a lot to me. It, I welled up a bit because I thought, yeah. yeah, this guy's right. That is exactly what we're showing people how to do. Break yeah. free of society's shackles. And that is why the authorities in the establishment want to do everything they can in their power to shut us down. Right. Okay. I mean, I'm is, just that say- what you, is that what you were thinking? Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at a thing I saw online yesterday on deadline.com don't know what that's about but it says how podcasts are becoming a hollywood gold mine mm. the number of podcasts being adapted for television is set to explode over the course of the next few years with audio ip rivaling books as hollywood's go-to source for inspiration so i think it's wow. fair to say that we're probably going to be making the move to channel five at the very least <laughs> at some Fucking point least mate uh, how and why and when, I don't know, but watch out for that, because, I mean, that's going to happen, according to this thing I've read online. So that's another thing to think about. Deadline.com, is it called? Deadline.com. I'm getting in touch with them. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Is that Deadline.com? It's Sam Delaney here, Britain's <laughs> best journalist. I've called up to give you a hot tip on a lead I have. Actually, did I say my name is Sam Delaney? It's not. It's um, John Don't Journalist. Podcast. It's, it's John Journalist. I'm, I'm an independent journalist. I have a hot lead on a podcast called Top Flight Time Machine. Would you like to write that down? Yes, it's T-O-P space F-L-I. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, I would like to remain no. anonymous, but I'm just giving you the tip that this this is, they're in advanced talks with Channel 5 about the TV adaptation, a multi-million pound TV adaptation. No, it's not a football podcast. I, I, yes, I know it sounds like a football podcast, but no, it isn't. No, it's mainly it's about, about ghosts breaking and free walls. of so- It's about breaking free of society's shackles. <laughs> yes, that's at shackles. S H A C K L. It's what they put on slaves in the olden times. Listen, I'm not doing your job for you. Look it up. 
Just make sure you write about it next time, because <laughs> the fact that... Peter White, his name, is the man who wrote this story on your Deadline website. <laughs> and it was remiss of him to overlook our success. I mean, their success. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the twits, yeah? Can we yeah. get back to that? Yeah. It's We're at the page at the back now. We're past the story. This is the section, uh, the bonus features, if you like. And we're at the page which is entitled A Day in the Life of Roald Dahl, the anti-Semite. Um, it, be- it begins Roald Dahl had a very strict daily routine he would eat breakfast in bed ooh, and open his post uh, who he- fucking brought him the breakfast in bed then well I don't know did he not have a um, a servant or something like that I don't know yeah I- Quentin I- Crisp <laughs> Quentin Blake oh yeah sorry or Quentin Blake Quentin Crisp it maybe it was Quentin Crisp Tingling, tingling, tingling. <laughs> That's his little bell. I'm ready for my breakfast. I wonder what time the post would arrive. This must have been in the olden days when your postman would come at like seven in the morning. Do you remember that? Mm. Instead of fucking three in the afternoon. Fucking. When post well, yeah. was important, wasn't it? Fucking idling up at three. There you go, mm. come. <laughs> Have it or don't. Some of this isn't even for me. Well, it's all you're getting. <laughs> Open it or don't. Makes no odds to me. Legally, once I've handed it over, it's not my responsibility. You have taken legal responsibility by having that held in your hand. I took the dog for a walk on Sunday afternoon, and when I came back, um, I normally leave the porch door open, right? Just because it's fucking quicker to get back in. So when I got back, I opened the porch door, and there's a fucking huge box in there. I thought, Mm. oh, there's been a delivery. Don't remember ordering anything this big. Mm. and the top of the box had come open and it was full of fucking toilet rolls. Mm. I hadn't ordered it. And I looked on the label and had this this woman's name on it and (sighs) it didn't even have a house number or the street listed. It just had her name, Sunderland, and then it had the postcode. So it was for (laughs) my street. So the cunt's just gone, ah, fucking hell, I've got no fucking house number on. I'll put it in that house there. Oh, the door's open. It was like fucking Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Yeah, fucking fucking postman spinning. Tried, tried me porch porridge. So yeah, I fucking... but you could look at it a different way and think like the fucking toilet roll fairy spin. Yeah, you know what, Sam? Right. It wasn't the like... quality toilet roll that I prefer. Prefer I'm saying it was mm. it was low quality toilet roll. Let's just say. was it second class? Was well, it working man's toilet roll? <laughs> it was um, industrial toilet roll. Let's call it that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. wasn't going to keep it. So I ended up having to Google the name of the woman, found her on Facebook, recognised her from down the street, Ooh. and I ended up taking a fucking box of bog rolls down the road for Excuse her. Excuse me, love. I've got, got a lot of bog roll here for you. I don't yeah. know why. I mean, it's not my business, but it seems a lot. I don't know whether you've been having problems with your guts or what. It's not my problem. <laughs> not my not my business, but I just thought I'd drop it off for you. I had to look you up on the internet to find you. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. I looked at some of the pictures of you. I noticed that there weren't many of you with a fella. There was a few years back, but then they dried up, and it's mostly you and your own. Do I take it that you're single and available? Single and ready to mingle, so to speak. Once, obviously, once this COVID thing's over with, obviously. (laughs) I mean, I could take you out, like, but we'd have to stay two metres apart. There's not much fun in that, is there, if you catch me drift? I mean, she does have a fella, but to be honest, she sounds like my kind of woman, because she's clearly stockpiling bog rolls 
for no deal January. I don't know, though. You could go, hey, I noticed that you're having to use quite low-quality bog road. I'm in the podcasting game. I'm using... (laughs) I I could take you away from all this. You wind up with me, you could be your ass won't know what's hitting. <laughs> Double ply, quilted. quilted. That's podcasters, bog roll, that. Quilted and scented. All I'm saying is, any time you want to pop over and use it, my porch is always open. <laughs> and so is my bog lake. <laughs> my, um, my postman, uh, I've known him... I've known him for a while because even in my old house in another part of Barnes he delivered to. Ooh. So I think he has quite a wide remit. That's what they call and it, my yeah. brother was my brother was a postman and so I feel that I have a kinship with them. Right. Yeah. Because when when I was a kid my brother worked at West Central sorting office, which is the busiest sorting office. Mm. And he and it was fucking hard graft. It was his first job out of school. And he used to work shifts and come home and, and tell me stories about mm. the post office, which <laughs> to a, they so were I'm, fucking I'm going to tell you it. Uh, yeah, like at eight years old, he'd come in from a night shift and I'd be like having my breakfast and he would tell me such stories of wonderment from the sorting <laughs> office. And I was spellbound by them, right? Just working life was uh, was fascinating to me. Which sorting my brother office had a was, job. It? was it? The, was it the big one at Farringdon? No, no, West Central. Uh, uh, so I think it was near Charing Cross. I, I don't found know if that it's one still there. Fascinating. Isn't there a postal museum there as well, or is that somewhere else? In I don't know. There's a different postal know. museum. But he had so- lots of adventures. But he did effectively, not explicitly, but he sort of taught me to respect the postman, but to never trust the postman. Yeah, be wary at all times. Yeah, and he didn't ever say that because he himself was a postman, but mm. he, the things that he told me about their antics mm-hmm. made me think you can't really trust the postman. They, are they, are do, they not honourable men? Is that what you're saying? Mm, I don't want to say because also I fear postmen. Let's just say back then they may yeah, not have been honourable men. I think things, things have, have changed. changed a lot. Things have changed this since was then. This was Thatcher's Britain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Standards are a lot higher now. Yeah. Protocols my exist that didn't. I'm then. like, I'm like, I got. You know what? I do this too. I go, all right, mate. How's it going? Because what I like to do is, I like to affect a kinship and an understanding with the blue collar workers in my area, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in my particular part of Barnes, there's sort of more blue collar workers mm-hmm. because I live on the ex council bit, right? Yep. And um, I live in a, a more affordable part of, a, of the area. Mm. And what I like to do is I, I like to pretend, Andy, that I am one of them. Well, you've I got like the to, accent still. You've retained exactly. the accent, so I, that's good. I can, pull, I can pull it off. So yeah. I'm like, all right, mate, like to the postman. And yeah. I'll say something like this to him. Cold enough for you, is it? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Good. I don't know, but it's just something good. I've picked up. Yeah. Cold enough for you, is it? Oh, fucking hell. Doing a bit of uh, postman in there, are you? Oh, don't blame you, mate. We've got to earn a living, haven't we? Right. Now, the guy two doors down, he has a large white van. And his son was at primary school with my daughter. And my my wife talks to his wife. But I... He's... I don't know. He's a he's a, a proper man, right? Mm. He's, a, he's a white van man. But I think he has a level of seniority. But I'm not sure what he does. But it's with his hands... He looks physically capable, yeah. right? Yeah. And 
I'm slightly intimidated by him, but I don't like to show that, right? And one morning, so when I see him, we do the old sort of nod, like, all right, mate? All right? Yeah. Like that. Yeah, just dads getting on with our lives. Yeah. I'll be up like early. Oh, up early, grafting. Yeah, you out in the white van? Yeah, I've um, got a podcast to record quite early because and. Uh, and as soon as Andy and I are back from our school runs, we like to record our Road the Rovers podcasts. <laughs> nice cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have tea first. If not, I get rather skittish halfway through. Before, before I talk about a 1980s children's comic with the man in Sunderland. <laughs> I know. Or well, perhaps, I today, to perhaps today it'll be Roald Dahl's book, The Twins. <laughs> I try to pretend to him that I'm off to do something meaningful <laughs> like him. Uh, but anyway, I sort of give him a sort of only semi-confident, all right? And I can, I think, you know, despite my best efforts to act like a, a man of industry, yeah. a man of work and toil, mm. I think he can see through it. He goes, well, yeah, look at it. He's probably over I think the he's like, podcast, mate. Look at this fucking punts. Puncing about. It's probably the talk of the street. They're all yeah. talking about you and what you do yeah, yeah. or don't do. Yeah, that lazy cunt up <laughs> the road. Don't fucking don't buy it for a minute when he does all that fucking strutting about pretending he's off to do a proper job. He's just rushing back to talk into his little home microphone, right? <laughs> into his cassette recorder. So, but one morning I was sat in the car just dicking around. It was quite early, Obviously. and I was just di- I was dicking around like, mm. and I was probably like looking at my phone, looking at Twitter, right? And. Uh, he came out ready for his fucking early shift. And as he got into the van, I sort of happened to shift at that moment in my car and my knee pressed against the horn. Oh, no. And there was no one else in the street at all. Oh. So he looked up and all he saw was me in his car. And he, he looked at me like, what are you hooting me for? So all I could do was wave. And he just looked quizzical and waved back and then got in his van and drove off. <laughs> And it was never spoken about again. But it was sort of like, I'd never done it before. I've never yeah. done it since. But having lived next door to him for like years, I suddenly yeah. just gave him a beep. All right, mate? So that you now feel obliged to do the beep every time you see him. A little, little bit over the top, a little bit extra. I didn't think we were at the beeping each other stage yet. But fair enough. I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jalapeño. I told my daughter this yesterday. She was fucking mortified. Yeah. I said, this happened two years ago. She went, oh, I wish you'd never told me that. It's mortifying because she knows his son yeah. as well. 
Well, she's like, thing that, is, that is so t- embarrassing, mate. That's two years ago. You're still thinking about it now. You'll still be yeah. thinking about that in 25 years' time. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, he's living in my fucking head rent-free, isn't he? <laughs> I would actually like to be friends with him, but I don't know. I think he's got my number. I've seen yeah. you. I've seen you in your fucking air bubble trainers. <laughs> practicing your jumping in your garden next to your fucking garden gym like a fuck like a fucking baby you're building your muscles with your fucking weights I tell you what you wouldn't need to do that if you did something fucking proper for him where you had to lift shit in real life oh I know that's why I have them (laughs) because I get so little physical exercise out of my work he probably sees you now and again in the morning he thinks there he is the fucking beeper I don't fucking beep at me again this morning fucking be- beeping Timmy I call him <laughs> my name's not Timmy it's Sam yeah well you're beeping, beeping Timmy to Timmy. me the street weed <laughs> <laughs> that's what I have oh no it's a disaster <laughs> I'm beeping Timmy the street weed. Just as I thought I'd escape from being known as fish cake around my mum's way. I moved to a different area and tried to reinvent myself. But in fact, I've just become known as beeping Timmy the street weed. Oh. Well, when I... I mean, I used to live in the posher bit of bars. And uh, there was a geezer and he was a right fucking... He was, he's like, he, I still see him around. He's a big bloke and he's got the look of, of, he just looked like he was the head man of the firm, right? Yeah. And he came up, when I was still with the drink, mm. I used to go into pubs in Barnes on my on my own sometimes and do mm. some solo heavy drinking. Of course, yeah. Right. You've got to be committed uh, to it, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to be, yeah. And I'd just try and mind my own business, you know, mm. and have, and have a lot of alcohol. And one one pub, he it was his regular, and he came over to me and he went, "Oh, I know you. I seen you on uh, Sky News with that Eamon Holmes." And I go, "Oh yeah, that's right." And he goes, "Oh, let me buy you a drink." And, he, <laughs> and I said, oh, "All right." And he sat down. We got talking. He wanted to know all questions about Eamon Holmes. Of course, he probably <laughs> had lots of questions about him. Yeah. And so we had a chat, and we got on quite well. And he sort of semi invited me into his gang of mm. local like rough men yes right? and I real was like men. fine I've got yeah. a gang of of real men yeah, would you like to join there's not many of us round here but I've identified you as a as a as a promising young candidate <laughs> would you like to join and I'm just like I was that I was that off my face at the time all the time well we noticed you coming in here heavy drinking and then disappearing off to the toilets suspiciously often in the middle of the afternoon we think you've got potential you seem like one of us. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, all right, I'll join your fucking gang, mate. And uh, but then one time I was in uh, another pub, and he was in there with with all the other rough lads. Mm. But I was with my daughter, and my daughter was only about six, and um, and uh, we were having something to eat, and they gave me a wave, and I was a bit like, well, I'm, I'm, I thought I don't want to hang out with my rough mates gang today because mm. I'm with my daughter. So the mate, the chief man came over and he said hello to my daughter and introduced himself. And do you know what he did? Mm. Gave her a tenner. What? Yeah. He went, hello, sweetheart, what's your name? And she went, no, oh, hello. Like that. And he went, yeah, I met you before, have I? And she went, no. And he went, here you go. 
I do this for all, the, all my mates, kids. There you go. You buy yourself something nice. And she was like, her jaw fucking dropped, right? And I went, no, 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 no. That's too much. And I went, no, I won't do it. You ask any of the lads, all their kids get 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 uh, get, was get it, a tenner off of me. Was it at this me. point you decided to put, put the flat up for seal and move? <laughs> I did think it was a bit weird, but I think he was just nice. But then when I told him, the thing that freaked me out once was that he came up to me and he went, you still live in, my old road was called Station Road. You yeah. still live in Station Road, right? And I thought, how the fuck do you know I was living in Station Road? Mm. How do you know that, right? But I didn't say anything. I just thought, okay, he's the sort of bloke who makes it his business to know where every other person yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, normal, normal, Probably fine. Probably um, Yeah, if you are, then don't take this the wrong way. I think you're a great guy, right? <laughs> but I do, I don't, no. All honesty, he's a really nice bloke. The point of the story is this, right? Because I stopped seeing him as much when I stopped drinking. Well, I bumped into him earlier and I told him, he said, I haven't seen you. I said, I stopped drinking five years ago, mate. So I'm not in the pubs anymore. But he is a nice guy and he's always been friendly. But when I told him I was moving up to this part of Barnes, which was about six years ago, he said to me, hey, you're moving out there, are you? And I went, yeah. And he was quite surprised because I think he thought, it's a bit rough, rough for you, mate. Right, and I went. Yeah, well, you get bigger place, blah blah blah. And he went right. He went. Now I'm gonna tell you, when you move up there to that road, he went. You ever have a moment's trouble, you tell him you're my cousin, right? And I went. <laughs> I beg your pardon. And he went. You just any any trouble at all up there is fine. Just tell him you're my cousin. I, I, but we. That, that would be a lie. That would be a falsehood. Why on earth would I tell that? And he's just and like... Also, I'm not antis- anticipating getting into any trouble. <laughs> and I, I thought... Trying to keep my nose clean. I thought... I know it's slightly... It's, it's, a, it's the rougher end, but it's the rougher end of fucking Barnes. I mean, you know, by any <laughs> other fucking standard. It's not like the rougher end of Sunderland, right? Thanks. And I've gone... <laughs> Oh, all right. And I thought, fucking hell, what am I moving into now? The road seemed like a perfectly nice family road. I even got I got onto my mate who was in the old bill at the time. And I went, can you fucking check out this road? I've just bought a gaffin. I said, because my mate from down the pub reacted that he offered me protection when he heard I was fucking living it. Like free of charge protection, but still. Yeah, low level protection. So he kept it. Just- just yeah. the citation that you're his cousin. Nothing yeah. more. But now if I bum into I go, you know, if he says, oh, have you had any trouble since you've been living? I go, nah, no problem, mate. What I do is I always give a little beep if I see any of the other rough lads around <laughs> so they know I'm one of them. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Hello. Good morning. Beep, beeping, Timmy. Oh, are you the one there calling beeping? I heard there was a bloke called beeping. I didn't realise it was you. Yes, I'm beeping, Timmy, yes. <laughs> Would you like to see my muscles? <laughs> are, you the geezer, are you the geezer who's got a garden gym? Yes, that's me. Beeping Timmy, building his muscles every day. <laughs> are you the one that practices jumping in your garden? Yes, yes. <laughs> the one who's got bubbles in his trainers. Yes. Would you like to see them? <laughs> Watch how high I can jump. One, two, three. <laughs> Wee! Look at me, I'm flying. <laughs> oh no beeping Timmy oh no actually that bloke he, he is a good bloke and I really don't want him to know that I've become the beeping Timmy of the street 
because I'd well, sort of convinced him I was one of the lads yeah. a bit, do you know what I mean, back in yeah. them days. Well, you've said it now. It's out yeah, there. Yeah, it's too late now. Um, and as we earlier established, this podcast gets listened to a lot more than people suggest. Than you think. Yeah. Well, remember what happened before with my mate Louis Collins that got back to him mm. and I, I had to yeah, issue an apology. Issue a retra- retraction, didn't you, yeah? A retraction and mm. apology, yeah. Mm. Um, well, we ain't getting this finished today, mate. Um, we're nah. in Anyway, what, what's rolled up to? Well, he's he had his breakfast in bed and opened his post. <laughs> That's as far oh, as yeah. he got. At 10.30am, he would walk through the garden to his writing hut and work until 12pm. <laughs> I'm like, going listen. to be writing hut. <laughs> I'm going to what? be podcasting hut. But you haven't done... You've rolled. Do you watch it? Shut up, William. I'm going to the writing hut. When will you be back? Will you be watching that? I don't fucking know yet. I'll tell you when I'll be back. I'll be back at fucking noon because I'm only writing children's books. I'll have fucking knocked out three by then. (laughs) And then he went back to the lunch. He went back to the house for lunch. Typically a gin and tonic followed by Norwegian prawns with mayonnaise and lettuce. Fuck here now. He knows how to live. At the end of every meal, Roald and his family had a chocolate bar chosen from a red plastic box. Whoa. <laughs> Special chocolate. Keeps it in a red plastic box. Get out. Get the red plastic box out, will ya? <laughs> it's chocolate time. <laughs> um, after a snooze, of course, yeah. he's, living, he's living like uh, like us, he isn't is, he? yeah. Yeah, he Very is, much like fair. us. Working for an hour and a half in the mornings. He's living like beeping Timmy, yeah. Having a bar of chocolate <laughs> and a kip. <laughs> <laughs> It's the beeping Timmy lifestyle, yeah. mate. Our lives have converged. We've been slagging the cunt off for 20 weeks, and uh, now it turns out he's just us. Uh, after a snooze, he would take a flask of tea back to the writing hood, yeah, uh, and work from 4pm till 6pm. There you go, another five bucks done. <laughs> he would be Send that at, to the fucking bank. He will be back at the house at exactly 6 o'clock, ready for his dinner, and the 6 o'clock news, probably. Uh, he always wrote in pencil and only ever used a very particular kind of yellow pencil with a rubber on the end. I've always been a little bit suspicious of anyone who does all of that bollocks. What, Do you know what I mean? I am a writer. Yeah. Now, you and I are rare, not to blow our own trumpets, but we're that rare thing of people who are who have actually managed to fucking make a living out of writing, right? And I'm always suspicious of people. Like, we're, you're surrounded by people constantly in life who either claim that they're writing a book. Bu- I write a book, but they never really are. Mm. Go, I think I have it in me to write a book. And you go, yeah, everyone has, but the only difference between somebody who's written a book and hasn't is nothing to do with fucking intelligence or aptitude. It's to do with fucking sitting down and writing fucking 60,000 words. That's it. <laughs> then you've done a fucking book. And that is the fucking thing that hamstrings most people. They, do, they think, and, and all this sort of I use a particular pencil is the thing that hamstrings a lot of people, right? Mm. Because they read, so this is quite famous, this stuff about roll dogs. There was a TV show. I'm in yeah. my writing hood and it's all very particular and I have my prawns and my special pencil. And my and people, box. And people think that that's the way you do it, that you have to dress it up in some sort of slightly kind of prissy ceremony, right? 
And that's what people's fucking... I've got an aunt who's going, oh, I've been writing my book for many years and what I like to do when it's completely peaceful, I get out of my typewriter and I make myself a cup of tea. And it's all part of, like, some sort of mental image they've had yeah. of how to write. But writing is just fucking writing, mate. Do it in a fucking biro. Do it on a fucking word but processor. <laughs> do, do, yeah, do it in front of the fucking telly. Do it however you got to do it. Just get the fucking words written down, yeah. Yeah. right? It makes no fucking odds whatsoever if you do all this bullshit. There was a, you know, I wrote those books about advertising. There was a famous ad guy and people, and you know, and people would go, oh, he was such a wonderful writer. And he would always use the very specific pencil and they'd give you the fucking code of the pencil. And he would only ever write on a yellow legal pad and all this shit, right? Yeah, and you yeah, go, yeah. oh yeah, is that how he came up with fucking, you can't get quicker than a quick fit fitter, you cunt? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Writing about him like he's fucking Charles yeah. Dickens, right? Just oh, it's it. a special pencil and a special pad. He could like, have yeah. done it without his enchanted pencil. Yeah, is that how... how and, 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 and if he hadn't had that pencil, we'd have never had the line, slamming the lamb. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> fucking adverts, mate. You could fucking write it in your own shit on a toilet wall. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't make any difference to what the actual output was. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> And that is the myth about writing. Like, people yeah. dress it up in some fancy pants thing. But actually, people write in all fucking different ways. And, you know, you're causing... And it's another form of procrastination to think, well, I will write, but not until I have my special writing exactly. shit. Yeah, yeah. Fucking exactly. just sit down and write it, you cunts. I don't have my post-it notes yet so that I can plot out the novel on my uh, wall. Yeah. Back because off. they spend people want to write, and instead of sitting down and writing, they spend fucking hours and hours googling how to write, and they yeah. cut and they're, they're inundated with a load of bullshit of grifter articles with like first get your post its and stick them on the wall, right? And it's like no, first sit down, start fucking writing, and don't stop till there's sixty thousand words. Yeah, then go and have a fucking sleep. Yeah, and then sort I mean? it out. Go back and then sort it out. Is that is that you sort it out afterwards? But just fucking write down. For step one, do not go on the internet and look for fucking some bullshit article about how you're supposed to write it. Just fucking write it, you cunt. There's a bit of advice for everyone there, and it's not even life logistics. Well, it's true, episode. though, isn't it? Because your first draft's your lump of clear, and you just knock That's out exactly your lump it. of clear, and then you fucking go back and yeah. turn and it into something away half at decent. It. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, don't stop and think about it. Just fucking write it. Don't also, think, oh, hang on. Perhaps that sentence may have been slightly more elegant. Well, mm. you've done it now, so just fucking write the next one. The next you've got plenty of time to go on. back and fix it yeah. later. Yeah. Also, don't write a book because it's fucking horrible. It's yeah, it's a pain do. in the fucking ass. <laughs> it's fucking awful. Yeah, it really it's just is. hell. You commit mm. to it so you can go prance about yeah, it. Yeah. I've, I've got, got a book, book deal. <laughs> and then you get the advance. And the first time I got paid a book advance, I thought for, I was, you know, relatively young. And it was, so this, the check that I got seemed enormous because I hadn't had a lump sum paid to me like mm. that before. And I was like, ah, look how rich I am. I'm an author now. That's all. Mother, all I do now is authoring. <laughs> it's me, Sam, your son. I've made such a huge success of myself. <laughs> you see, I'm a published author like Charles Dickens, right? And um, But really, the money, when you realise the amount of time it takes to write the book and you apply that lump sum to the <laughs> days that you're spending <laughs> writing it, it is actually quite a small sum. It's just yeah. you got it all up front, right? And that was then. Uh, that was even yeah, worse, uh, I think. 
and now you're getting even worse when you prance about giving it the big one to yourself and any other cunt will listen and then again there's only two good bits I always say the day that you get the deal and get your cheque and the day where you have the launch party and you stand up in front of everyone and all your people go yes well everyone say well done to me I did write a book and here it is you can see it in the bookshop I'm an author but those are the only two good bits the bits in between yeah. Truth be told, my third book, that's what drove me deep into a serious drinking and drug problem because I was trying to do it whilst doing three or four other jobs at Mm. the time in order to get the bills paid. And just doing the work like you do when you're self-employed, you just take the work when it comes in, you're scared to say no. Mm. At least I was then. Now I'm getting a lot better at it, right? But, you know, and you do it all, but the book was like this thing over me and I think I was so stressed and anxious that I started using drink to just fucking get me through which, it. Which book was that one? The third one? Mad Men and Bad Men. Right. I and, never had uh, a fucking launch party for any of my books. Well, then in, in that have, case, you only had one good fucking part of it. Yeah, it must have been like, oh, well, he lives in Sunderland. We're all in London. Yeah, we were, Probably won't want to come here for a party. Oh, what if he asked us to go up there? That would we be very awkward. Put, put him put him up for the night or something like that. Maybe we might have to build a <laughs> nest in the office for him to sleep in. <laughs> what, won't he sleep outside? Yeah. I, I imagine that's he'll what just they do, I think. Sleep in the train station or outside King's Cross and then he'll get on the train to go home at 5.30 I think what, in the morning. What, what he'll probably do is get arrested and sleep in a police cell. <laughs> he'll get arrested for fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's how that when the northern folk come down oh. they never have to pay for a hotel because they simply get themselves arrested for fighting you'll get arrested for fighting or interfering with an animal or something like that <laughs> we had a northern author once and he tried to break into london zoo you see <laughs> and it was quite convenient because he was immediately arrested by the zookeeper uh in a citizen's arrest <laughs> yeah um We'll leave it there, Sam. We're not going to get it finished, but there's, I think there's another episode in this, probably. So we'll do that next time. Thank you for listening. Ta-ta. Goodbye. I've been Beeping Timmy. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.